Kicking it with Kay and Clay. 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 Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in yet again to the Kicking It With Kay and Clay podcast. I'm your girl, Kay Marie. And uh, what's up? How everybody doing? I hope you are doing um, really well. Don't know where you are in the world, in the in the country, because we have listeners from different countries, you know, and all over the United States. But here in Michigan, it's hot. It's finally hot. Now, your girl don't really like too much heat, you know, so like I I can do today at at around 12 o'clock. It was like a good 73 degrees, sunny with a light breeze. To me, that is the perfect temperature. But other people like it like tropical hot, you know, like in the 80s and 90s. I I can't (laughs) when it's a lot of humidity, but I'm so grateful and blessed that it was a good day and it's going to be hot the rest of this um, of the week too here in Michigan. So you all know that uh, we have different series every month. In May, I just want to bring aware to everyone different awarenesses that are in May. Like we started off this series with um, talking about lupus. Uh, We have Francine on who is, um, you know, told her story because she is living with lupus at the moment. And um, then last week we had uh, mental health. It was um, an episode that I re-ran because it was just so good the first time. And it's talking about managing your feelings. If you have not seen that or heard that, go check it out. It was really, really good. You know, because mental health is something that we need to, um, you know, uh, uh, um, take care of just like our physical health. And today we're going to talk about, if you've seen the promo, we're going to talk about hypertension because May is also Hypertension Education Awareness Month. And a lot of people, especially our people, black and brown people living with this and a lot of times don't know it. So we have a great guest today to educate us about hypertension. Okay. And without further ado, y'all know who I do. So I'm about to introduce her. Okay. So Julia Echols is a board certified nurse practitioner who has over 30 years in the healthcare field. See, now we bring you guys people on here with great experience, 30 years in the healthcare field. So she know her stuff. Okay. (laughs) Uh, She began her nursing career at 19, 19 years old through the CETA program to become an LPN, obtain her RN degree. In 1991, MSN Family Nurse Practitioner Certification in 2016. Her experiences include acute care in the hospital, hospice, medical, surgical, nursing, cardiothoracic step down, transplant, transplant surgery, home care, home health care, surgery, home health care, primary care, and family medicine and she also teaches we're going to get into that but without further ado see that that's a lot and we're going to talk about more of her um her education um in a minute so but i just want you guys to help me welcome to the show a friend of mine i've known her for a minute 
a great while. We used to go to the same church, but we'll talk about that too. Okay, so uh, without further ado, we're going to welcome to the show, Julia Echoes. Hi, Julia. Hi, how are you, Kalani? I am well, and yourself? I am doing well today. Loving the weather. I know. So, okay, are you the type of person who likes it really, really hot or? No. Really? I like you. I like it 70, 75. Breeze. That's me all day. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Like the heat. <laughs> me either. And I prefer and people look at me with the side eye. I prefer cold more so the heat. Like my favorite season is fall. So me. I'm a fall baby. So yeah. I'm fall all the way. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so like I kind of mentioned briefly, you know, we've known each other for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we sang in the choir together. That's how we met. Yes. So Oh, that's a that's a while ago. That's it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. Time flies by. So not only y'all is she a, a great nurse practitioner, but she is an excellent singer too. So thank you. She sang us a couple of solos at the church and <laughs> tore the house down. So. <laughs> so Julia, so you know it. Like I was saying in the um, introduction here. You know, May is Hypertension Education Awareness Month, and we know that a lot of people are living with this disease, and a lot of people unknowingly living with this disease. Is this what they call the silent killer? You are so correct. Yes, it's a silent killer because um, more than half of Americans are walking around with hypertension, and they don't even know that they have it. Um, they may put it off as, oh, I had a little chest pain yesterday. Mm -hmm. or I had a slight headache that just stay for a while. Those are some of the warning signs that people mm -hmm. don't pay attention to. And some people have no symptoms. And the next thing you know, they're in a full blown uh, stroke or heart attack. So it, those are things that we want to make sure that, you know, we're educating people about. Yeah. Same with the chest pains. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, I think I said on one of the episodes that I was diagnosed with um, hypertension, um, like latter part of last year. And I did, I had like the chest pains, cause that's what got me into the um, the emergency room, um, chest pains that wouldn't go away and find out my um, pressure was like really high and went to my doctor and lo and behold, you know, and I know I put on a couple of pounds, you know, that quarantine, like we were talking offline, <laughs> that quarantine 15, you know, and hit a certain mark in uh, my weight that I haven't hit before. And even though people would tell me like, girl, you know, what you talking about? What weight? You know, but it's, it's I have it's some weight, it's some yeah. weight for me. <laughs> you know, yeah, sometimes you can put on fluid, um, you know, you gain that fluid. And so that fluid or if you're eating a high sodium diet or you're just eating foods that are high in sodium, it holds on to the salt. I mean, holds on it. It holds on to the salt. So it causes you to, I mean, holds on to the fluid. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It causes your blood pressure to increase too. So that's one of the things that we always educate about um, watching your sodium intake, because I was looking at some of the things on some of the um, restaurants and these sandwiches that they have. I mean, that's your whole or even more sodium than you should have in one day in mm -hmm. one sandwich. So you really, really have to be careful with uh, the fast foods and things like that too. Yeah, you do. And I, I, you know, I had to make some slight lifestyle changes 
Um, it's still a process. It is. I, I, girl, look, I tried to cook. I'm a good cook. So, and I need flavor, mm-hmm. you know? So I tried to do like no salt and trying to mask it with other herbs and spices, but it, it is, it's something about that salt. Yeah, it is. It's hard to do, but it can be done. I was doing a program and there was no salt except for what's naturally in the food already. Mm. It was hard, but I could tell the difference without having the salt. I didn't feel as puffy. Like I didn't know my arms weren't puffy. I can tell the difference immediately. So I know that I'm the type of person that holds on to fluid when I eat too much sodium. So, Mm. yeah. And that's not good. So what is hypertension or high blood pressure as, you know, in layman's terms? Well, um, hypertension is what we call high blood pressure. Um, It's the force of a person's blood that exerts against the walls of the blood vessels. So um, the top number, which is the systolic blood pressure, that is when the blood is actually going through the heart. The um, diastolic blood pressure is when the heart is at rest and the blood is, is moving. So those that's how we measure the blood pressure. And we measure that in millimeters of mercury. So you may have um, 180 millimeters of mercury. That's how we uh, do it in the medical term. So yeah, okay. that's what blood pressure is. So what's a healthy um, number, for top and bottom? Well, they want you under 120 for the top number, which is the systolic blood pressure. And then uh, diastolic, they want you up under 80. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we do have stages um, of hypertension. So there are stages of hypertension that normal is, like I said, less than 120 over 80. You know, you get to the elevated, you start getting a 120 to 129 over 80, anything less than 80. And then they go through stage one, two, and three. So when you get to that crisis stage, that means that your your top number is is greater than or equal to 180, and then the top, uh, bottom number is greater than or equal to 120. So that's mm-hmm. your danger signs when you're looking at you know you can have a stroke, um, heart attack, things like that. So. Okay. Mm, yeah, that's and it's good too. I know for those who are diagnosed with Mm -hmm. hypertension or high blood pressure, you know, it's good to keep, you know, one of those um, portable. But how accurate are those? Because I I think mine is not that accurate. That's a good question. I always have my patients bring when they say they have a machine at home, when they come to their appointments, I have them bring it with them so that I can check it against Mm. what we have in the office. So we want to make sure that the they're taking their blood pressure accurately because when you do the blood pressures, you're supposed to have your feet flat on the floor, no talking. Um, Your uh, arm that you're going to take the blood pressure in is at the heart level of the heart. So there's different ways to take it to make sure that it's accurate. You don't want the arm hanging down because that increases the pressure. You want it right. If you're at a table or desk, you want it right there. So you want to make sure that you're not talking. And, and people who smoke, you don't want to take your blood pressure right after you have a cigarette because your blood pressure is going to be up because mm-hmm. the smoking, it constricts the blood pressures or closes the blood pressures off. So it makes the blood have to force its way a little bit harder through the arteries. So. So, wow. So I didn't know I've been taking it with my hand hanging or like on my lap. And that's wrong. Yeah. If you're at a desk or a table, it should be right there mm. at the heart level. Yeah. 
So, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then like the placement, like where on the arm? There is a artery that comes down. You can see my arm, a brachial mm -hmm. artery here. And on your blood pressure apparatus, there is a arrow. There's an arrow there. And yeah. you want to line that arrow up right with that artery and then wrap it around. So that's how you should be taking it. People who have larger arms, like I tend to have, my arms are a little bit larger. So they usually will use a, a larger cuff because if you're using a, a normal cuff, sometimes that can change or elevate, make your blood pressure seem higher than it is as well. So you want to also make sure that you have the right size blood pressure cuff when you're taking the blood pressure. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think we kind of um, touched on this a little bit. So how is one diagnosed with hypertension? Usually when a patient comes in, their blood pressure is elevated. We usually do it. They have to have more than one reading on two separate appointments. So if they come in, the blood pressure is high. You know, I usually counsel the patient, you know, are you up, are you up under any stress? Um, mm -hmm. Have you had a history of high blood pressure? Um, do you have uh, any issues that are going on that are concerning, you know, things like that. And then once I talk to them, I say, well, I want you to follow back up. I want you to watch your salt intake. I want you to do, um, you know, make sure you're keeping track of your blood pressure. And then when you come back in, which maybe be a, about a week afterwards, I'll recheck it. Sometimes it depends if it's like super high that day. Sometimes they're going on medication that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And if they're having symptoms. Um, so usually two, two separate readings on two separate uh, appointment days. And that could be a week apart. It could be days apart, depending on the patient. Okay. Yeah. So I have a probably like a personal question more mm -hmm. so for me. So like, okay, when you're on medication and, you know, is it your pressure is, um, you know, stable, normal, um, I guess. And I guess that can be kind of, um, false, you could say, because some people might be like, oh, I can go back to eating this and that. And, oh, I'm on, I'm, I'm taking the pill. So how, how does that not work? <laughs> it doesn't. And I, I talk, this is something that I go back and forth with patients. Oh, my blood pressure has been fine. I'm like, it's fine because you're taking the medication. So of course it's going to lower your blood pressure. But, you know, if you know that you have, um, a lot of times when patients have like a drastic weight loss, they've been doing everything they're supposed to do. They're watching their diet and the blood pressure starts to be low. Mm -hmm. I kind of watch them because I may adjust that medication down. They may be uh, I may be weaning that patient off of their medication because they've gotten to the point in their health where they don't need it anymore. They've lost the weight. They're doing they have a better uh, lifestyle. They've made drastic lifestyle changes. So they don't need it or they may need very low dose. So I'll keep them on it for a while. I'll watch it. I'll wean them down. And then eventually some people can come off of it depending on the patient. Yeah. Okay. So, but that is a possibility. For it is possibly, definitely a possibility. Yes. Okay. And that, and that's, I think that's, that's good to know because I don't know about anybody else, but I don't like taking medicine and I don't want to take nothing you know, for the rest of my life, yes. you know, and I don't want to like depend on something. So I know that for me and probably for those um, listening to it, it's just like you said, it's all about it's up to that person if they want to make that um, lifestyle change. Definitely. Yeah. So what are, uh, well, before I get, before we get into the risk factors, 
Um, so does um, genes, genetics, heredity, um, do that plays a, a part in it too? It definitely does. Um, um, it, it does play a part of it. Um, also, um, our lifestyle, because our families tend to mimic the eating habits of how we grew up, how we cooked certain foods. So that has a, a huge part to play in it too. Um, because we're used to, we like our seasonings as African-Americans. Yeah. We love our seasonings. Um, we have to have our food season. So that in itself is a big issue. You know, with African-Americans, we have a higher obesity rate. We also have a higher uh, rate of diabetes too, which can affect blood pressure. Why, this is probably a side note. Why is that we're always leading the charge in... And in, in, in the in the healthcare when it comes to, to the bad things. The different I just diseases. think it's just um just how our how we grew up. I think it's how uh, lack of education. Mm. So you it, education is huge on making sure that you are aware of. And I found that when I talk to my patients a lot and I sit down and I really explain to them, this is how this works. And if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. This could be the consequence. I try to, I kind of slap them in the face with it. And a lot of times they really get it. They get it. And um, I, I, I'm happy about it because then it's like a light bulb turns on and they're, they're ready to go. Okay. So. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, we know that because I belong to a um, low sodium recipe group in Facebook. So I know that we're not the only ones black and brown who have it. Um, but again, it seems like we're the ones that's leading the charge on that. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to go out and tell you a few of the statistics mm -hmm. that says that um, African-Americans, they develop hypertension at earlier ages. 40% mm. of non-Hispanic African-American men and women have hypertension. Um, like I said, due to the higher rates of diabetes and obesity. Um, and then also there's been some research found that there may be a certain gene in the African-Americans that can cause more salt sensitivity. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and I was also reading also, um, it says an extra gram of um, like a half a teaspoon of uh, salt can raise the blood pressure like about five millimeters of mercury. Oh my goodness. And those people that have that gene with the salt sensitivity. Yeah. Mm. So is that something that they, they just found out? It was reading some research. I believe it was from 2020. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So they're testing for that, you know? Yeah. They're testing for it. So, wow. Yeah. So it just costs. It's very costly in the United States. It's been costing like $131 billion each year to treat hypertension. Mm. And that's cool. from 2020. Yeah. Wow. So what are some of the risk factors? Because some people might not take it too seriously. Yep. Some of the risk factors is family history. You also have age. Um, the older you are, um, the increased risk because your blood vessels, they lose elasticity. Um, gender. Um, they said that men 64 uh, and older are likely to have it and women 65 and older. Race, which is African-Americans. Um, anyone that has any chronic kidney disease, um, high blood pressure can result in, you know, kidney issues. Um, those are some of the risk factors, but there are some modifiable risk, mm -hmm. risk factors as well. So, 
we'll go over those too if you if you want. Yeah, to. go ahead. What are those? So your modifiable things are things that you can change. Um, some things you can't change, like your genetics and things yeah. that you can't change, but your increase your activity levels, your physical activity, uh, lose weight, your diet, low sodium diet, um, drinking in moderation, because alcohol can cause you to have uh, higher blood pressures. Um, some things like patients um, have sleep apnea, mm -hmm. that, that can cause your high blood pressure. And that was one of the ones that's a uh, cause of secondary hypertension, which the hypertension is not the main cause, mm -hmm. but the sleep apnea is. So if you correct that, then you can get the blood pressure down. Um, high cholesterol, because the plaques that build up in the arteries causes the blood to have to work harder to get through the arteries. Um, diabetes, if that's controlled, mm -hmm. then your blood pressure can be controlled. Smoking, quit smoking, that decreases the risk factor tremendously. And then stress reduction. So those are some of the modifiable things that you can do for the high blood pressure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for, um, what are the different stages of hypertension? Well, like I said before, like the normal stage is less than, the systolic is less than 120 and less than 180 mm -hmm. diastolic. Elevated, when it becomes elevated, it's 120 to 129 and less than 80 for the diastolic. Your high blood pressure stage one is 130 over 130 to 139, um, and the diastolic is 80 to 89. Then you got stage two is 140 or greater, and then 90 or greater. And then your hypertension hypertension crisis is when we tell you, okay, like you need to go to the emergency room like right now. Um, it's greater than 180 for the systolic and then greater than 120 for the diastolic blood pressure. Those are like danger levels. So what if someone um, who's, you know, on the medication, but like they have, is, is, it was, is their um, pressure has been elevated. What are things you can do to like bring it, bring it down? Um, we try medications and in the clinic, we, if, if we're, if we've done like, I start off with one medication and then if it's not controlling, I'll try and max that one out. Then that's not helping. I go to the second one. Mm, okay. When it gets to three, then you want to start looking for other things like secondary hypertension, your sleep apnea, any mass on the kidneys. So we start sending them for ultrasound of the kidneys to make sure there's no mass on the kidney that can be causing the blood pressure to be high. And then other things that are going on as far as heart issues. So um, those are some of the things that we look for if we can't not control that blood pressure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so what are some of the pre-existing medical conditions? And I think you touched on a few of those. Um, the pre-existing is the, um, like your diabetes, heart, mm -hmm. uh, family history. Um, I'm just trying to get to my notes and wrote mm -hmm. notes here. Oh, here it is. Yeah, um, that could be secondary hypertension. Like uh, we went over mm -hmm. it could be by other things. Um, sometimes it could be pregnancy induced hypertension. Um, some women, um, they hold on to the fluid like your body is going through changes. Your blood circulation, you uh, circulate more blood because of the baby. Um, blood pressure can go up um, during pregnancy. Any some heart heart defects can cause blood uh, pressure issues and kidney disorders like chronic kidney disease can cause, um, those are some of the pre-existing okay. factors for the high, high blood pressure. 
So high blood, like the preeclampsia, so that can be brought on by somebody who hasn't had a history. So that's like an, an acute condition. It is. It is. It is a very dangerous condition for it could be uh, life threatening for the mom and the baby. So they really check them. You know, they monitor them uh, very closely during that pregnancy. So most babies are born healthy, but you do have some like if if they're having the mom is having a hard time that you do want to make sure that um, they can have problems down the line. The mom can have problems down the line afterwards if it's not controlled. So, okay. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of control, so how do how do you control hypertension? Now we mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. medication and lifestyle changes, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, control, like you said, the diet, medication, um, uh, exercise, all those work in conjunction together. Um, there's certain classes of medications that work better for African-American mm. um, patients than it does Caucasians. They have a certain group that work better for them. Um, so like your thiazide diuretics, like your um, hydrochlorothiazide, that's one that we'll usually start uh, uh, African-American person on first um, to see if we can get it down. And then if not, then we increase that dose, max that out. Then we go to like a calcium channel blocker that'll help as well. So we can try certain medications for certain people, depending on the person, but mostly focus African-American because a lot of times we are the ones that are hardest. Some are non-compliant with the medication. You have it on both sides, but in my experience is we're like so hard headed when it comes to uh, taking medications and making sure that we're making yeah. the changes. Yeah. I, yeah. I know for me, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to taking it, I'm supposed to take it every morning. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. Yeah. It's not that I don't want, I, I forget. I'm, I've yeah. always been not good with that, like taking something. I always tell my patients to put a timer on the phone and I I have that. <laughs> you keep your get one of those little pill bottles that has a strip you can keep it and stick it in your purse just in case you leave out or you don't have it. And yeah. I'll tell them so they're like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. So I'll tell them, you know, put your Monday through or Sunday through Saturday, keep it in there, and you'll know like if you forget, like, oh, I didn't take my pills, and you fill it up every Sunday. And then you'll have it right. Uh, there. I do not want to be that person. That <laughs> Here in your pill bottle. Hey, the Monday through. Oh my yeah. goodness! But I, I might have to do that. You do whatever works. But you're doing the necessary steps. I see you talking about you're doing your exercise and you're eating right. So you're on the right track. So yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sitting up, like I was telling you offline, I'm sitting up here with all day. I had a, a migraine, so. Did you have, have your medication this morning? Um, yeah, because I had the my, my headache, yeah, I, I took it. And if I don't take it, if I miss it in the morning, I do take it um, when I get home. And then sometimes the side effects from the medication can be a headache. Most blood pressure medications, um, side effects are headaches. So I always tell patients, like, if you're taking medications, when you get up in the morning, don't just jump up out the bed. Sit on the side of the bed for a minute, you know, let your feet dangle and then get up slowly. Because a lot mm -hmm. of times your blood pressure, the pressure shifts in your body when you get up too fast and it can cause you to have a headache and it can last the entire day. So oh, that's, that's good. Mm -hmm. I so, like that. Yeah. So what are some of the, um, well, we've talked about the importance of uncompliancy with treatment 
Oh, and why men tend to be non-compliant with treatment? Mm -hmm. What's that about? (laughs) In my experience, a lot of men, they don't like the side effects of the medication because it it causes erectile dysfunction. So they they will, most of the time when they come into the clinic, they're coming in for, um, some Cialis or Viagra. And when you check the blood pressure, it's like through the roof. And I'm like, I can't give mm. you that today because your blood pressure is too high. And then once you talk to them and counsel them, you find out, oh, I've been off my medication for six months. I don't want to be on that. But there are certain medications that don't cause you know, erectile dysfunction. Mm. So it's important to educate them. Like if you have, uh, if it's causing you to have you know, ED, what we call mm-hmm. dysfunction, then we can change your medication to something else that's not going to cause that. So it's important to educate them because I mean, they, I'm like, I'll, I'll ask them, do you want to have a stroke or do you want to have erection? Right, right. So, <laughs> I do, I'm like, which one do you want? Because if you have a stroke, your quality of life is gone down. Mm-hmm. But if you take this medication and we switch it over to something that's not going to cause that, then you have a win-win situation. We can still give you the medication if you need it. So, okay. Wow. Yeah. It is different medications out here that can, that can cause um, some sexual, you know, problems or whatever. Wow. They mostly, most of the time, the women, they don't take it because they're like, well, it makes me pee all day. I'm peeing all day. And they don't want to take it because it does, it works as a diuretic effect on you, on the body. It pulls fluid off of you. So you're going to go to the bathroom, you know, more frequently. I try to educate them to take it as early as possible. Um, You know, if you're going to be going somewhere or getting up for work, take it early. You know, you're going to be up during the day. You're going to be working. You can get to the bathroom. Don't take it at night because then you're going to be up urinating all night. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I've learned some, I learned a lot of things, but I like when you said that there's different medications mm-hmm. geared for African Americans. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm on one of them. So I don't think. Yeah. We would talk offline about that. Okay. Like a lot of times, and there's um, there's uh, research on either way. Like a lot of times I found that patients, um, when I get them as a new patient, their previous doctor, like African-American, they may put them on like lisinopril, which is an ACE inhibitor. Um, ACE inhibitor may not be the drug of choice for African-Americans, we start them on a thiazide, unless you have a sulfur allergy because it does have sulfur in it, the hydrochlorothiazide. So we, we can put them on something different, but it works better. It's research has found that certain medications work better for African-Americans um, than it does the non-African-Americans. So that's the ones that we stick with at first. Okay. So what what's the difference? You said it works better for us. So what exactly does it it helps to control the, bring the blood pressure down better. Hmm, okay. Yeah. yeah so. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. We got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what is um, some of the things as we wrap up here, some of the things that you want um, uh, my listeners, um, whoever might be listening, who have um, high blood pressure or who like may have um, be experiencing some of the symptoms that you mentioned and they're like, "Hmm, let me go get checked out. Mm -hmm. So what is um, some things that you really want to get across to everyone? 
Well, I want to get across that it's important to, because it can be controlled uh, with medications or diet or lifestyle. We don't always initially put people on medications. I'll try lifestyle changes first, bring them back in. But the consequences of uncontrolled high blood pressure, heart disease, strokes, you know, things like that. So those are important because those are things that could be detrimental to your health and your quality of life goes down. We can control your blood pressure with the medications. Um, it may, you may not have to be on it if you make those changes. Um, also kidney, kidney disease, um, your uncontrolled blood pressure is going to cause problems with kidney. And I always tell my patients, if you have a, uh, Say, for instance, your heart, your heart, your blood pressure is staying high. Your heart is working overtime. Your kidneys mm -hmm. are working overtime. Your lungs are working overtime. Just like a car, if your car is working overtime and you're not taking care of it, it's going to break down. So it's the same with our body. If you're not um, making sure that that pressure is staying low enough so your heart can rest and you know get the adequate rest, it's going to break down. You have to make sure that you're having your blood pressures checked. Um, and you're going for your annual physicals and those three month visits that you have, if you have some type of uh, other uh, disease body mm -hmm. going on in your body that you do need to make those checkups. And for men, especially because a lot of times our men, they don't like to go. To oh, the no, they don't. <laughs> and it's so important if they're on the raw medications, um, if they're having problems to discuss that with their provider and they can see what other options, there's options out here for them um, if they're having any problems um, in the, you know, with ED or anything like that. So I wanted to drive home that point and just changing our lifestyles. Even mm -hmm. me, I know that I have to make some lifestyle changes as I get older, you know, yeah. our bodies start to start telling us things and so I'm making necessary changes to get my my lifestyle changed as well. So, yeah, it's points. That's life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that yeah. is life. You know, constant changes. But it's it's not. You know, it's some one thing about um the hypertension, high blood pressure is that it's um it's controllable. Mm -hmm. It's controllable. And if, like you said, if you work hard enough. You know, you can eventually come off the um the medication. Yes, yeah. Okay, and before we before we go, uh, I want you to tell everyone about your new um training center, your new business. Yes, my new training center is Valiant Training Center. It is a um, school for certified nursing assistant training. I also provide CPR, um, basic life support, and first aid training as well. This we opened in May, um, and we are accepting students. The classes for the uh, nursing assistant is every four weeks, and um, you can call in if you want to um, call by phone. That's 313-766-4042. And the email address is info at valianttrainingcenter.com. And we're open Monday through Friday from 8 until 4.30 p.m. Yep, and I'll have the rest of the contact information on our um, on our page, and I'll also list it on the um, description when I post it on the the various um, um, podcast streams. Um, whether you listen to Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, you know we're there. So it'll be in the description as well, um, especially if you live here in um, 
in Michigan and especially if you are in a Metro Detroit because are you doing virtual or no? We have, yes, we have been yeah. approved to do uh, virtual through the state, virtual or in-person. The classes, but the state only allows us to do up to 34 hours of virtual training. The total program is 75 hours. So they would still have to come in to okay. do the lab. And then we have a clinical portion where they'll go out to the actual long-term care facilities for two days and then practice, well, do their training um, on an actual patient on those days. Okay, that's so, nice. Yeah. So, okay, a CNA. So, they for those who are who might be looking for, you know, like I, you're younger or you're older, okay. you know, um, you know, looking for a a, a career or looking for a a change. So, um, they probably like. Um, so is that is that good money? It that's that's good money, isn't it? It is. Um, they can make up to uh, thirty thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. for someone that's eighteen and up. I mean, someone that's 18, they're just, or one, even thinking about going into healthcare, mm -hmm. it's a good start. I have a lot of um, of my colleagues that are nurse practitioners, they started as CNAs. Mm. And when you're a CNA, you're more apt to get into nursing programs. Um, my goal is to work with some of the schools because I do have connections with some of the colleges to try and bridge them over into the nursing program or gear them towards the nursing the nursing program because some people don't know where to start. Yeah. So I want to be able to mentor them, to uh, guide them into the right directions as well. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that, it's like a stepping stone. Like if they yes. like get to nursing or you know, you might have been thinking about nursing and you're not sure. And this is probably a good way to, to test it out, right? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. yes. So, y'all, if you, you're in uh, Metro Detroit, you know, just um, and you, you have an interest in that and you want to go to the school um, Valiant um, uh, Training Center, go ahead and um, go to ValiantTrainingCenter.com and, you know, just take a look. And she's also on uh, Facebook um, at Valiant uh, Training Center, LLC. Correct. Yeah. All right. Come on in. Yeah, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Julie, I want to thank you so much for You're coming welcome. on and yeah. uh, finally got you on the show for something. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm gonna do the show. I know she wants me to come on. I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I'm really not a public speaker. I don't like it. I like to stay in the background, but mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna push myself a little bit more. You did very well. You did very well. And you gave us a lot of good information. Awesome. And um, thank you so much for um sharing just a smidge of your um wisdom and knowledge with it's us been my pleasure thank you for having me i appreciate thank it thank you okay everybody so this was um another great episode um again get get your blood pressure checked you know you having those symptoms you know like chest pains that comes every now and then and you know it's not going away um headaches and things of that nature go ahead and um get that blood pressure because it's, it's not called the silent killer for nothing okay and especially black and brown, you know, you know how things are for us. <laughs> and, you know, it's just we had to we just have to deal with it and um, make some changes. Like for real, for real, y'all, it's time to make changes. Yes. So um, thank you, guys. You know, you can uh, you know, you guys, uh, whether you're listening to us only on a stream and only audio platform um go ahead and um you know watch us from time to time you know we're on youtube we're on facebook and we're on instagram you know if you want to watch the um podcast and i know there's some other outlets out there 
that gives you the option to watch or to listen only like um, Podcast Addict and others. And uh, thank you, you know, continue to share, continue to subscribe. And we hit another thousand downloads. And um, thank you so much, you guys, you know, just for um, listening and sharing the um, podcast and episodes because, you know, I I love what I do. You know, I like to um, bring forth um, different issues that that plague us or that would be beneficial to us. Um, And I welcome all people, of course, but my heart and my concern is for is, is for my people. And um, I just want to be able to bring people on and have different um, uh, shows where, you know, we, we can learn some some things. And of course, you know, we have fun too. So uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to next week, you guys. And um, yeah, thank you for rocking with us and continue to rock with us. And you guys have a good one and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Isn't it for Kay and Clay?